All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A positive Friday. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Also coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Love having you. Happy to have you along. So it'll be good. It is the final preseason game for the Edmonton Oilers. Thank goodness. Eight preseason games. Come on. Let's call it what it is. Cash grab. Nothing more. You don't need it. There's no reason to have eight preseason games. You know what? The league has a minimum requirement you have to play. So why not just have a max? Minimum five, maximum six. Done. You could start the season earlier, which means you would have the Stanley Cup playoffs starting earlier. Stanley Cup final starting earlier. This would be good. Very good. So, dare to dream, hockey fans. We know that Gary, unless it's his idea, there's no chance he'd ever want to do it. Even if it was good, he'd be like, yeah, but it's not my idea. I don't want to do it. That's uh, that's lovely Gary Bettman. But we can uh, keep talking about it because hopefully one day, hopefully one day, there won't be eight. Orders, you don't need eight. You don't need eight. There was nine teams this year that played eight preseason games. And four of them at least had split squad games, uh, two on one night. Where the orders, remember they used to do that with the Flames? It was usually on like the Monday after the weekend of training camp would start on a Friday. You go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom, two games on the Monday. Got rid of uh, 25% of your, your games right there. It was great. But alas, not the case. But uh, if you are going to the game tonight, you're going to see a pretty NHL lineup for both clubs. 
McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane, Hyman, Newt. The top six are in. Bouchard and Nurse are playing. Broberg, DeHarnay, Cece are playing. Campbell's starting. Fogel's playing. Yanmark's playing. Ryan's playing. And then you have guys battling it out. Ernie. Peterson. Raphael Lavoie. Tim Gleason's going to play because Matthias Ekholm is not ready yet. And nor is Brett Kulak, which is, here's the one caveat when you talk about the Oilers roster. Because the Oilers don't have any cap space, right? They're carrying a 21-man roster. Now, you would have about 300 and some thousand dollars if it's Lavoie on the lineup in extra space that you could accrue over the course of a season as long as they don't go into LTIR. And then you'd have just over 400K if it's Peterson, right? But either way, they don't have enough to have a 22-man roster. It's not going to work. But, now I'm not saying this is going to happen, especially after speaking with Matthias Ekholm today. He sounds very confident. He didn't want to say 100% that he'd be ready for next Wednesday. I think he was being cautious. But he says this injury has kind of lingered a little bit longer than he would expect. That's why he was on the ice finally today with his teammates. But he says he's felt good. He's had a few good days in a row. And he is hoping that this means he'll be ready for next Wednesday. Ryan McLeod, very confident that he'll be ready for next Wednesday. But now there's Brett Kulak. Brett Kulak wasn't even on the ice today. At least I didn't see him. So I'm pretty sure he wasn't out there. But, you know, I was talking to some spec and a few others. And they're like, well, I wasn't paying that close of attention. But I didn't see him walk off either. So I'm pretty sure he wasn't out there. So here's the one caveat that you should keep in mind for the orders and the salary cap. So they can have a 21-man roster. Anybody who's on the IR still counts on your roster. It's only LTIR that won't count that opens up cap space for Edmonton. So if they have one guy who's nicked up, and you don't even have to put him on IR, there'd like, there really be no benefit, right? Usually how IR helps you is if you have enough cap space, you put a guy in IR, you can recall someone else because the guy in IR doesn't count on your roster, but he counts against the cap. So for Edmonton to put a guy in IR, there's really no benefit because they don't have the room to bring up anybody else. So let's just say that Kulak can't play on Wednesday. So they'll have six other defensemen. But, and here's the what. If, big if, somehow, someway, Matthias Ekholm couldn't play, then the Edmonton owners would have to keep Gleason on the roster so they'd have six defensemen. And they'd have to send both Lavoie and Peterson on waivers. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. But I'm just, I'm giving you all the scenarios that you can expect. The waiver, well, well, waivers for the orders because uh, all of their players that we think they're going to go down, Broberg's not going down, Holloway's not going down. Holloway, by the way, is not playing tonight. Ryan McLeod's not playing tonight. And Brad Malone, uh, not playing amongst the, uh, the forwards. So, you know, Brad Malone, I expect he hasn't played the last two games. He's going to go to, uh, to Bakersfield. If you look at the orders, every other player has to clear waivers. So you have to have your roster deadline set by next Monday at 3 p.m. Edmonton time, which is Thanksgiving Day Monday. Maybe you'll have turkey leftovers. Yummy. So good. By Sunday at noon, when they have to put the players on waivers who have to clear by the next day so you can make your roster, that's when we'll know who's going to make the opening day roster for them to notice. You'll know Sunday at noon at the latest, maybe even earlier, but at the latest, 
Sunday at noon. So it is interesting. The uh, if Kulak's injury is just kind of you know short term, and I haven't heard anything to suggest otherwise. And on a rare, maybe not rare, but on a low percentage chance that Ekholm's banged up, the orders would then have to keep Gleason because I'm assuming they want six defensemen in the opening night lineup. And then that would mean both Lavoie and Peterson would go on waivers. So just painting all the pictures for you. I said Tim Gleason. Obviously, it's Ben Gleason. So Tim Gleason, his cousin, in fact, who played for the Carolina Hurricanes many uh, moons ago. So. Other news and notes from the uh, the game tonight. Kyler Yamamoto will not be going for the uh, Seattle Kraken, but their lineup pretty solid as well. McCann, Beniers, Eberle, their top line. Schwartz, Wenberg, Burakovsky, their second line. Tolvanen, Yanni Gord, Bjorkstrand, their third line, and then they're going to go with uh, Carty and Tanev as the right and left winger. And I'm not sure if it's Belmar or Shane Wright. I think it's Belmar, but I can't say 100. percent and then on the back end, uh, Vince Dunn, similar situation to Matthias Ekholm. He got back with his group today with skating, but he's not going to play. So they'll have Evans with Larson, Dumoulin with Schultz, Alexiak with Borgen. So they're basically playing their whole lineup. Grubauer starts in goal. So this will be a good test depending on the intensity and pace of the game. But this will be, without question, the best preseason test for the Edmonton owners when it comes to quality of competition. So if you're going to the game tonight... It should be a decent one for you to watch. So there you go. Hey, Greg, the good news is the preseason games at least start on time. Pillman, Pillman, I like your I like your attitude. Go on a pause of Friday. I also don't appreciate the subtle little trying to irritate me, even though it made me laugh. Trust me, we both know the start time in the NHL is like the worst. Enforce guideline in pro sports. I don't even know why they put it out there. Right? Just list the game. It'll start when we want to. Here's the timeline. Anytime between 7 and 7.24. That's pretty much the window you have. Maybe you should be in your seat early, but let's be real. <laughs> you never have to be early. The earliest would ever be 7.08. That would be the uh, the earliest. It never starts at 7. So there you go. You can always get involved. You can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Stop in right now at uh, Jiffy Lube and you can get a Pennzoil Platinum full synthetic oil change and get $50 bonus air miles right now at Jiffy Lube. Um, also, we have a lot of texts to get to. Uh, lineup today. Farhan Lalji will join us. Talk a little... Uh, CFL, the Elks. Ooh, baby. You're telling me there's a chance. Now, mathematically, the Elks have a chance. They'd have to win all three of their remaining games. Saskatchewan would have to um, lose two and tie one or lose all three. If Saskatchewan wins one game, they're in. Calgary, if Edmonton wins all three, then Calgary would have to win all three. They, too, then, would be in. So, Elks need a lot of help, but uh, it's pretty tough because they are taking on the uh, best team in the CFL record rise right now, Toronto, who is 12-2. and two. 
But Edmonton, I think we all know they're looking forward to next season. Tonight's a really good opportunity to just kind of test themselves, see how improved they are, see where they stand against the league's best. It'll be a tough test. Calgary has the bye. Saskatchewan is hosting the Hamilton where Bo Levi Mitchell, Connor Halley coming back in to the black and yellow, which a little surprising because Hamilton's kind of rolling all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, hey, they, they paid the premium to get him there, right? Wanted to make sure he was their guy going forward here. Uh, I, I don't mind it necessarily. Like, I think when you look at the big picture here, you're you're getting closer into the playoffs. Maybe you want that experienced quarterback under center. It's, I mean, things can change, but right now you're going on the road to take on uh, Montreal. Yeah, I'm going to be intrigued to see what he can do when he gets back out there. Now, are we interrupting you on the show today live? Like you're typing feverishly away? Are you doing something over there? I, I'm doing a lot of things over here. Yes, yes. I, I'm making sure we're sharing all the links that people want to watch us on Facebook, on okay. Twitter. All right. Uh, getting a bunch of stuff ready. But yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm busy man back here. Greg. Oh, well, no. Well, I, I never, <laughs> I just, like you were typing out a hate message there or something. It was really pounding the keys. Bad Yelp review. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Just, you know, my usual thing here. It's not a quiet keyboard. Oh, oh, it's the keyboard. Oh. I could go gentle, but you're still hearing it, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll talk over here. Hey, guys, you know, hockey's back when Greg's is ranting about NHL start times. So true. Man, the NHL's brutal. Walnuts in the park. Yeah, it's true, Walnuts. I know. It's the thing that, trust me, it sets me off, and it shouldn't. Because think, you'd think at this point I'd know how idiotic it is, but that doesn't mean I can't still talk about it because it's, it's moronic. All the other leagues can do it. Hey, first pitch. Guess what? When you watch the, the baseball playoffs tomorrow, I'll tell you right now, to the minute, to the second, they're good. First pitch, Texas-Baltimore tomorrow, 11.03 our time. Four, no, 2.45 will be Minnesota-Houston. 4.07, Philly-Atlanta. And then the late game, 7.20, Arizona-LA. Go watch and see. It's amazing. You can just put it on your league-mandated website, the actual start time of the game, and you tell the teams, hey, plan your stuff accordingly. I don't care what bells and whistles you want to have in your own stadium. Knock yourself out. But we're going to have the puck drop at this exact time. Done. How hard is that? It's not hard. NFL games, what time do they start? 11 o'clock, Edmonton time, the early ones, right? Then the other ones, 2.15. Some of them are 2.25, but they're right on time. This is not hard. Except the NHL, where the count clearly can't count. That's what's, that's what's ironic about this. The count, Gary Bettman, runs the NHL, but he can't count. Don't get it. Don't get it. Hey, Gregs, what do you think the chances are that the orders have to do that regarding both Lavoie and Peterson? Well, listening to Matthias Ekholm today, Sam from Vancouver, I will say I think it's low probability that they would have to have Gleason on the roster because both Kulak and Ekholm aren't ready next Wednesday. Right now, Ekholm is a better chance of Kulak. Kulak didn't even skate today. Ekholm's on the ice. He says he's feeling good. He was very cautious, I think because he's a little frustrated that it's taken this time. We kind of joked with him like, oh, this is a real veteran move. They just show up last day at training camp. Hey, guys, how was training camp? I'm ready to go. And uh, obviously there's some lighthearted barbs amongst the teammates, as there should be. 
But he said, no, it's a little nagging injury. Um, sounds like, you know, he, tra- he changed a little bit of off-season training. Been doing kind of 12 years of the same stuff. Changed some new stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe got a little bit of hip misalignment or something. He didn't want to talk exactly what the injury was, and that's fine. It's his body. Don't need to know exactly specifics. But he uh, he was skating. Says he feels good. He's felt good for the last few days. And uh, he is hopeful. But he was just, I think he was erring on the side of caution. He didn't want to say it's 100% that he would play on Wednesday. I think there's a good chance. Ryan McLeod, he was much more confident. He feels he's uh, ready to go. Hey, guys, if the start of the game was my only problem, I wouldn't have a problem. Walter. No, no. Well, hey, it is a problem because it's just root. That's all I'm saying. Hey, guys, honestly, who do you think is going to get that 12 forward spot? Well, my gut would tell me Lavoie, and here's why. He's played well. He's a draft pick, a second rounder of the organization. There's a chance. I don't even know how high it is. I don't think it's obvious based on some of the other players that have cleared waivers. I don't think it's obvious that he would get clear, that he would get claimed on waivers. I, I just want to say that right now. I don't think it's a lock. But I think the organization looks and says, man, Matthias Yanmar can play center. And if he plays center tonight and they look at Lane Peterson, and if the drop-off, if there's any, between Peterson and Yanmark, I think it would have to be significant for the organization to say, is it worth potentially losing Lavoie? And that's where I think they're at. So I think it'll be a Lavoie. But it's not a guarantee. I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm not saying lock. It's like This is not a lock of the week that Lavoie is here because I don't think it's a lock he'd get claimed. It'll ultimately come down to, I think Peterson has played well. Lavoie's played well, but Peterson has, you know what, far from stood out in a negative way. I think he's played quite well. They're different positions. They're different sizes. They're different skill sets. So I wouldn't wouldn't be shocked if it is Peterson, though. But keep this in mind. Right shot center, 25 years of age, with 80 games NHL experience. There are teams out there that might say, hey, wait a sec, because we were talking about the orders. Hey, is there any right shot centers available? Well... There could be one in Peterson. So if you had to ask me, what are the odds Lavoie gets claimed? And then what are the odds Peterson gets claimed? I don't think they're much different, to be honest. I don't think people will look and be like, oh, my goodness. Lavoie is a lock. Everybody got to take him. I don't, I don't see that at all. Same with Peterson. I think it comes down to, is there a team that... That is like, oh my goodness, here we go. Now oh, I do like this one. Hey, Greg's, why do you always come up with these nicknames? The count for Gary Bettman? The chin for Connolly? No wonder he screwed you in that interview. Who wants to take an unprovoked shot on their own show? <laughs> um, we were at the roast. I don't know if you've ever been to a roast, but that's what a roast is. And I can't even take credit for the count. I never came up with the count. I've come up with the human rake, the, the, uh, the Belanger triangle. The shin pad assassin, but I can't. I can't take credit for the count. Someone else came up with the count, saying Gary Bettman looks like him. It's a nickname. Do you, do you think Gary loses sleep over it? No, none whatsoever. But I can't take credit for the count. I didn't. Uh, I didn't come up with that one. Yeah, go on Twitter. Look up Count Bettman. You'll get a nice little Photoshop as well. Oh, it's been there for quite some time. <laughs> been there for quite some time. Probably could call him Pinocchio because he lied straight to our face. When I asked him, oh, no, we start all our games at 08 and 38. 
What? And the hilarious part is if you actually go to the NHL's website, it'll say start time of the game on the official game sheet. And there's lots. We're, like the orders were starting games against the Flames at 8.52. <laughs> Laughable. Laughable. Hey, guys, would the orders run D for one game rather than risk losing Lavoie on waivers? From Seymour, again, I don't like... I don't think Raphael Lavoie is this stone-cold lock of a waiver claim that the orders would go into the first game of the season knowing they would only have five defensemen. I'd be surprised. I'll say that. I would be surprised. Quick break. Coming up, uh, Farhan Lalji. We'll talk a little Lions and Canucks. Also, we got uh, Adam Levitan, uh, Lorianne Munzer, uh, Craig Button, Speck. Wanye Gretz, Glowtap, man, we got a loaded show. It's the Jason Greger Show, live on Sports 1440 and watching on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Positive Friday continues on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, Edmonton Sports Authority. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. We appreciate it. Of course, uh, Orders at home tonight against the Seattle Kraken, their eighth and final preseason game. Uh, the Kraken, uh, this is their sixth and final one. And then, of course, uh, Seattle opens up their season next Tuesday when Vegas will have their pregame ceremony raising the banner. And the orders will be on the road in Vancouver in five sleeps next Wednesday night. Let's get to the CFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one full year on your to stay warm all winter at legacyheating.ca. Farhan Lalji from the CFL on TSN joins us. Uh, Farhan, welcome back to the uh, program. It is uh, the Elks are back in action and uh, they got a chance, albeit extremely slim, because uh, they need to win out and they need Saskatchewan to lose out. So uh, Edmonton winning out seems uh, to be the, the hard part because they're taking on uh, uh, some pretty tough teams here down the stretch, most notably Toronto. So you look at the Argos right now, they're 12 and two. Are they clearly the best team in your eyes? No, I don't think so. Uh, like okay. I, I truly believe there's a big three, some would argue maybe a big two, uh, you know, and just going through all the, the numbers and everything like that for prep purposes for tonight's game. It's like Winnipeg's number one in virtually every meaningful category, like with a bullet. And um, I, I think Toronto is very good, but I think there is very little to choose from between them and Winnipeg and, quite frankly, BC. And, uh, you know, we'll see which one comes out of there tonight and we'll see how Toronto manages, um, you know, dealing with the break and everything associated with with that for six weeks, which seems crazy to me that it's going to be that long before they play a meaningful game and they'll try to find their edge. So, you know, that, that might be something that Edmonton can take advantage of tonight. Yeah, the one thing that might have BC a rung lower is their quarterback's pension for throwing interceptions, right? That might be the one thing. Yeah, true, truthfully, Jason, I, I don't agree. And I, and I say that not because I'm trying to be a homer or trying to defend Vernon. It's just that when you when you look at the interceptions in context, he's at 16, Zach Hilaris is at 14. But we don't view Zach Hilaris as having a pension for turnovers because he's won two great cups. So we just view that differently. And when he throws them, we write it off. The truth is... 11 of Vernon's interceptions have come in three games. The rest of it's been pretty clean over the course of, you know, the other dozen games that he's played. So he's had three multiple interception games. Calaris has had four. Now, I'm not making a case that Vernon is, 
is better than, than Zach. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that we're quick to dismiss the other interceptions. You look at Chad Kelly, and he's had 11, right? And he's played less meaningful football. Yeah. And you, you look at Chad Kelly, and, you know, one of the things that, that I look at in all of this as well is the unbalanced schedule. So he's played one game against a quality opponent, and that was B.C., because he didn't play a quality opponent against Winnipeg because he didn't play, right? And so, you know, whereas you look at what the teams are doing here, it gets a little tougher. So um, I'm not willing to just write off what Vernon has done and saying he throws a ton of picks because really if you take three games out of 15, and you, you can't do that, but you can when you compare it to all the other quarterbacks, I don't think he's been that careless. The Elks, some would obviously not consider them a quality opponent, but lately for the last six weeks – They've been pretty good and, and, well, at least very competitive, right? They probably could have won that uh, Winnipeg game, but they didn't. But they've been in games. Um, when you look at Trey Ford in the offense and Jarius Jackson and how he's calling plays now, is there anything like that you feel like, are they going to be able to run the ball at will on Toronto like they have been on virtually everybody else here for the last five weeks? Yeah, you know, I think they can run it on, on most teams, right? And Toronto's given up a few. And so I, I like the way they the way they are calling the game now. I think Jarius is doing a really good job. And, you know, you see, you see how Kevin Brown has opened up because the backside of the defense is fully concerned about Trey. Yeah. And that really has been the focus of everybody's defense. It is not Kevin Brown. It is Trey Ford, the passer, and Trey Ford, the runner. And that's opened up so many other things. And, you know, the one thing that Jarius has tried to really be conscious of is you haven't seen a ton of designed runs in Edmonton's offense. No. And the reason for that is he knows that organically Trey's going to take off and go a lot. So don't add to the load on his body by having him take, you know, if he's going to take off a dozen times a game, uh, you don't want him to have another five more designed runs per game, right? So, but, but he still gets his, his yardage with his legs, and, and you know, you, you don't have the backside of the defenses collapsing down on Kevin Brown, so that's opened things up for him. It's slowed down pass rushes, which has made things more comfortable for the offensive line, and as Trey Ford has emerged, Geno Lewis has also come back into Edmonton's lineup, so it's, it's all lined up nicely, and you know, I, I do think at some point Trey is going to have to be able to show, and I believe he can do this, he decided not to show it, that he can navigate through reads because yes. you can't make an entire career by just running around. There's got to be more, and I think he's got the physical tools to do it. Um, and, and I think the way Jerry is calling the game, he's getting the chance to do it. So I, I'm enjoying watching his growth uh, in that side of his game. Yeah, the one other area of his growth as Farhan Lolly joined us is I saw last game they played two weeks ago. There were three or four occasions, Farhan, where he could have thrown the ball away and, and avoid a sack. And he didn't. And that, like, I love his ability to want. He says, "Hey, I can make a play every time." But there is certain times where you say, "You know what? Okay, just take this. We're not losing four or five extra yards, and now it's not second and super long or stuff like that." That to me would be the one. It's a small thing, but I think that's an evolution of knowing when to get rid of it. Truthfully, Jason, it's not a small thing. It's a huge thing. And I mean, you even look in the NFL. The biggest drawback to Russell Wilson's game was that. Yeah. Sometimes they say you've got to take the good with the bad, but why turn a five-yard loss into a 15 when you could throw the ball away and, and be, be great the next play? Yeah. And as I look at you know collegiate draft prospects, I see Deion Sanders' son, Shadur Sanders, who can make every throw in his dynamic with his legs, but he does that. He wants to make every play work and will turn a five-yard loss into a 15-yard loss and extend it too much. And I think that'll just come with time for Trey Ford, right? You, you know, you, you take enough hits and you make enough mistakes and – you're going to learn. And right now, I think, I almost think he's trying to play the whole season in half a season, right? Because of, of all the time that was missed in the front half while the Elks were dealing with Cornelius and he wasn't getting a lot of reps. 
I do think every game Trey Ford wants to make a statement, and that's just his awesome competitive nature. But as he gets comfortable and as he feels comfortable that it's my job, I think you'll see him make those smarter decisions in those moments. Uh, the Elks currently have uh, two of the uh, four players in the league in double digits and sacks, uh, Jake Ceresna and uh, A.C. Leonard. Their defense has come on. Um, how, do you, how do you see this battle of the trenches, uh, Elks D-line versus the O-line of Toronto tonight? Well, gosh, you know, um, the two best O-lines in the league belong to Toronto and Winnipeg, and, and probably Toronto, right? When you see that, uh, that uh, uh, Chad Kelly's had, what, 11 sacks or 12 sacks yeah. all season, that's insane. Like, it's just insane. So, uh, you know, and, and they have relied on throwing the ball. Yeah, A.J. Olet's been good, but, you know, they also have a good receiving core, and Kelly's been asked to do some things. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know that Edmonton's going to be able to comfortably get home here. Now, it, it's weird to just kind of get a sense of – how Toronto's going to play this, right, given what happened last week. But it is their 150th anniversary, and they are making this game a priority. So if they play everybody and they truly make winning a priority and their starting line is in and Chad Kelly plays extended and they call the game the same way, I'm not sure Edmonton's going to have a lot of success here getting to them because that line is just too, too good. It is stunning how how little. Now I know that sacks are one stat, but what about pressures? Because some I see the stats, and then I look and say, well, maybe he's getting pressured lots. But I watch his Toronto games, and some night, you know, Kelly's back there. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a cigarette. Maybe I'll have a sandwich. Oh, yeah. now I'll throw the ball. Need a shower? Yeah, like it's crazy how much time he gets sometimes. Yeah, it is, and you know, you couple that like it really is a good team, and Chad Kelly's doing his part. But I just keep looking at numbers and looking at what the MOP key factors should be right and you know defensively they're so strong and they're so deep and their special teams are so good and they're starting with the best field position in the league like they are number one with a bullet right there's a margin there between them and number two and so that's making it easier on chad kelly and uh you know the fact that he's got a lot of time to go back there and just navigate through everything is is been really really good for him right he hasn't had to run for his life it's hard enough coming into this league and learning how to make reads with the 12th man and with all the motion and how that changes reads and everything like that and the argos have set it up for kelly to be able to comfortably do it farhan lolly jones farhan i want to quickly switch to uh to hockey of course the canucks in your own backyard and mm-hmm. um you know demco being healthy will be a massive difference for them i don't think there's any question but the big one will be like their penalty kill was awful last year like Awful. And now part of that's goaltending. Sure, I get it. If you don't have good goaltending, it's hard to, to have a good penalty kill. But do you see any reason to believe that the PK in Vancouver is going to be significantly better? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, you know, the, first of all, the players they've added, right? Um, Pia Suter and Teddy Bluger and, uh, you know, Ian Cole and Carson Soucy, they, they do a good job at that part of the game, whether it's, you know, winning face-offs, uh, taking away shooting lanes, blocking shots. Uh, their roster is much better equipped to kill penalties. And when you, you talk about the goaltending and Thatcher Demko, before he got hurt, was not Thatcher Demko, like 882, same percentage, uh, in his first 15 games before he tore the groin and, and left the lineup. He was very good when he came back at the end, but by that time it was too late. So, you know, you're going to get a better goaltender, you're going to get a better system and structure and personnel. Uh, yeah, like there's just no way they can be that bad. Now, they're going to go right into the fire these first two games against the best power play in the world, uh, and you'll find out if they can function because if they can, you know, if like if Edmondson scores one power play goal in each game, that's a pretty good win compared to what it looked like a year ago, right? So 
Um, you know, I, and truthfully, they'll probably get tested because I'm finding they're taking too many penalties in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's got to change as well. But uh, there's no way they can be that bad again. And, and that's not just me saying it'll be regression to the mean. Their players, from a penalty-killing perspective, are better. I don't know how they're going to score, but I think they can kill penalties better. Well, they're going to have to because they do face the NHL's best power play the first two games of the season. So they'll get a good test right off the hop. Uh, seeing the orders of McDavid twice back-to-back, <laughs> a ridiculous power play. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and from, from everything I've heard, they're, they're trying to kind of change how they go about it, and a little more movement. And, you know, like they're, they're just so talented to begin with, right? It, it really forces you to be not just skilled, but it forces you to be disciplined, right? And, and you know, and patient. So, I, like, there's nothing I can say about Edmonton's power play that hasn't already be set, been said. But, um, you know, we'll find out how much better the Canucks are. And truthfully, they could get lit up on the power play these first two games and still be significantly better because no one else's power play is like Edmonton's. Yeah. Uh, quickly, back to the CFL. Uh, the MOP and Defensive Player of the Year. Do you see a favorite in either one right now? Yeah, the MOP is really compelling. You know, we Naylor and I did a debate about the two quarterbacks in the West. Everybody believes that it should be Chad Kelly. I'm not there yet. And and if he plays a bunch of meaningful, meaningless football here down the stretch, that's going to get held against him, and it should be held against him, right? And then not playing last week. So I'm not convinced because of some of the, the points I mentioned earlier, right? Just how good that team is and how good the line is and, and the fact that his field position has been so good and the fact that he's not playing – as good opponents as Caleros and Vernon Adams are, right? But then in the, in Winnipeg, do you take do you take Caleros or do you take Brady Oliveira? Yeah, right. Because this guy's going to wind up having the second best season by a Canadian running back ever, right? So uh, he's been as big a part of that team. So I'm, my guess is Caleros is still going to come out of Winnipeg, um, and uh, for the West's nominee. It comes down to tonight's game in my mind. I just think Caleros and Adams statistically are so close in every meaningful metric. You talk about interceptions, Jason. How about in the red zone? Vernon Adams' touchdown-to-interception ratio in the red zone is 19-0. and 0, Ooh, Right? That's pretty uh, good. They're so, they're so close in every metric that this is the game that will decide it because Vernon didn't play the last time they played in Winnipeg, put the boots to BC. So the first game, Vernon won. This game, if he can win again and go 2-0 and this season and, and put up a, another 300-yard performance, he'll have my vote. If Zach wins and outplays Vernon, he'll have my vote. Defensively, I think it's Matthew Betts. Uh, you know, Willie Jefferson can make a case, and even though he's not getting sacks right now, he's still affecting games. Um, leads the league in defensive stops with 22, which is a combination of sacks and tackles for loss and, and batted, uh, batted balls, batted passes. But I still think the season that... Um, that uh, Matthew Betts is having is really, really good, and I would uh, I would probably give him my vote currently. Where did Betts come from, Farhan? Because I know, like, Chris Jones had him, and they just let him walk. They didn't sign him, and then he went to BC, and he obviously wasn't this dominant. What's changed for Betts this year? Um, opportunity, number one, in terms of scheme, uh, growth, right? I mean, you don't, you don't just come in and all of a sudden dominate at this level, no matter how good you were collegiately. Uh, you know, the, the Elks would have been wise to wait a little longer, but they yeah. looked at him the previous year and said, look, this guy had 12 tackles. Forget sacks. He had 12 tackles. There's not enough production. We're done. We're moving on. And I think that was a mistake. There's, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, the one thing you, talk, you hear when you talk to opposing coaches is his motor. Like, just a complete, complete, relentless pursuit of the football on every play 
The first game against Winnipeg, he made a mess of Zach Kolaris. The second game, they were in seven-man protection so often, bringing in offensive linemen because they had to deal with that guy. Like, he impacted the game like that. So it's, you know, he's showing what he showed at Laval now, just just a huge, huge motor, and it just took him a while to get there. Farhan, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend. Take care. That's Farhan Lalji from TSN, uh, CFL on TSN. It's the CFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. We got a lot of text to get to at 803-401-1440. When we return, uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, of fantasy and football. And, ooh, another trade involving late picks. Man, this one could have huge implications. Tell you about it next. The Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Positive Friday continues on. Sports 1440, it is the Jason Greger Show. Live also on Orders Nation YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you're there. I like it. Adam uh, Leventad is going to uh, join us momentarily. Talk a little uh, football. Of course, uh, another trade in the NFL as the uh, Broncos, they're not... uh, they're not going very far, but uh, pass rusher Randy Gregory is going to the San Francisco 49ers along with the seventh rounder and then a sixth round pick will go to Denver. That's kind of being the uh, the going rate, the player and a seventh, and then the team that trades the player gets a sixth. Uh, that was the uh, your Chargers trade, Connor, uh, yeah. earlier. So And uh, now nah, the other name's escaping me. There was three guys traded this week, so. Chase Claypool was another one. Yeah, that's the other one, Chase yeah. Claypool. So, um, interesting for him to go to Miami. They uh, they obviously look at him as a depth guy, and you know he still is the player that everybody looks and says, "Man, he's got a lot of talent." Is he actually going to use it? I'll, I'll say this: I do wonder if you know it was a wake up call. He basically apologized to his teammates after Week One because he said he wasn't into it, and I, I guess I can appreciate the honesty there. And his work ethic was fine in games two and three, but he didn't really do much. So, you know, we'll see. I'll say this. A receiver in that Miami offense right now, it's hard not to be successful. And the way they're blowing out teams except Buffalo, yeah, you know, uh, he'll probably get some garbage time at bare minimum, you would think, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably best-case scenario for a guy like Chase Claypool, who, you know, could be potentially facing the end of his NFL career if he can't make this work going to an offense with Mike McDaniel who is you know a young offensive guru playing behind Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and you know the plethora of running backs that they have I kind of joked if you were to make a, a wide receiver the prototype 6'4 220 would be nice he's 6'4 238 can run a 4'4 40 yard nice, dash nice. like he's built to play receiver in the NFL this could be the way to unlock him. And he's he's got to want it, though. That's the biggest thing with Chase Claypool. It always has been. Yeah. We'll get to the uh, fantasy report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, Heavy Hall Trans. Port provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and they are hiring. If you're looking for a great gig with a good company, check out nextgentransportation.com. Uh, also, when you look at you know some of the moves, uh, hey, what about the Chicago Bears? How many of you last night... Had Fields on your bench. If you did, ouch. I would assume you had more starting. Right? Like, he's a clear number one receiver on a team. Now, I didn't expect him to have three touchdowns and 200 yards. But still. You know, the thing about Fields is the last two weeks, he's been quite good. 
And the uh, the Bears, they got off to a great start, and they just uh, they basically carried it all the way home. So, uh, you know, their defense. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. They actually got some sacks yesterday, so uh, that's good news for them. Uh, Washington, it was like they woke up in the second half and, you know, Howell made it close. He almost threw for 400 yards. It was kind of garbage time as they're playing catch-up and all they had to do was throw the ball. But, you know, the Bears... That's like they probably should have beat the Broncos if we're being honest. So now the Broncos aren't great, but hey, Washington have been playing fairly well. And they they handled them pretty easily, put up 40 points on them. I don't know if anybody had the Bears scoring 40 yesterday. But when you look at it, cons, um, some injury notes for fantasy. Uh, T. Higgins in Cincinnati got a rib injury. Eh, not sure where he's going to be at. Um, Detroit. Few of their key guys have uh, have jumped up on the uh, injured list, which could have an impact on their game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at T. Higgins, anyways, you probably don't want to start him just with the quarterback play of Joe Burrow. It's been too inconsistent. Uh, but Josh Reynolds questionable with the groin. Jameer Gibbs got the hamstring. Uh, also, Jamison Williams, not exactly sure what that is. Uh, he is questionable. He was taken off the suspended list. So, yeah, the offense with the Detroit Lions certainly taking some hits. But the good news is, you know, if you do have um, Montgomery, you're looking pretty good because uh, oh. Amon Ross St. Brown also doubtful with the abdomen injury. So you can expect probably a pretty heavy running attack for the Detroit Lions. We'll see if Jameer Gibbs is able to go. But if you've got Montgomery, you know, unless unless the opposing defense says, hey, we're just going to shut down the run game, uh, yeah, I still okay. expect him to make some plays. Yeah, I'm not sure Carolina can do that <laughs> at, at this point. There so. is the problem. No, uh, that's a pretty good matchup for them. Uh, there's no question about it. So um, uh, any other injuries that you're watching? Uh, uh, and obviously bye weeks come into play now for teams. I know Connor was uh, was bemoaning his terrible GMing <laughs> that's uh, left him pretty uh, high and dry in your receiving core. Like you're one of those guys who drafts and doesn't look at the bye weeks, do you? Well, I will say my wide receiving core is pretty legit if Cooper Cup plays. Then you got Cup, CD Lamb, and Calvin Ridley. I mean, I don't think I know too many people that would be scoffing at that receiving core. Is it uh, your running backs then? My running backs in that league. See, I don't have it memorized. That might be part of my problem. I don't know my team that well. 
Um, what? I've got... How many leagues are you in? <laughs> only two. Uh, James Conner, <laughs> DeAndre Swift, uh, James Cook, and I've also got Madison Pierce and Eckler on the bench. Oh, well, that's actually pretty good. It's a good team. Yeah, but you have an eight, that's an eight-team league, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I haven't won a game okay. in this league yet. So let's make it, just so people are listening, like, what? How can you have all those guys? Yeah. It's an eight-team league. You have, like, five good running backs. It's I just, also have Joe Burrow, so. Yeah, see, the problem with that, sometimes having too many, because you're like, well, which one do I play? And who do and I then, drop? And then all of a sudden, you uh, you don't play the right one each week. So why don't you guys expand that to 10-team league? Put Declan and Brando in there next year. Well, I'll be in. I'll throw with the invite for sure. For sure. We, we actually, we were at seven for a long time. We had to get one of our, uh, the members cousins to join to get us up to eight. We, my friend group, you know, it, there's a big group, but there's not a lot of football fans. So seven was kind of what we came together with. We've added one since, but yeah, that one's been tough. Uh, some other injuries to watch for because we had this coming in a fantasy frenzy today. Uh, people asking about Saquon Barkley. He is questionable. Uh, he was limited in practice. And, you know, I think pretty obvious he is their offense. Without Saquon Barkley, the Giants really don't have a lot of choices here. They're playing the Miami Dolphins in that Dolphins heat. So, you know, obviously we think the Dolphins are going to be able to go cook. And this one, uh, for the Saints, you've got Derek Carr, who is questionable to play in that one. Uh, the Ravens, uh, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, both running backs for the Baltimore Ravens, both questionable. So it was Odell Beckham. I don't know if you really want to be starting those guys in fantasy anyways. Uh, but you mentioned it, T. Higgins. He's questionable with the ribs also. That's one to maybe watch out for. I don't know if you have confidence in T. Higgins anymore, Greg, or I know you have him on your roster. I just don't know if I could do it with the play of Joe Burrow this year. And he can tell me he's healthy all he wants. But until we actually see it, I'm just not sold on it. I'm going with Trevor Lawrence against a tough Buffalo Bills defense this week, hoping that jet lag gets them as they make their way to London, taking on the Jags. Yeah, well, I saw that people talking about the jet lag. And, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, well, <laughs> but last I, I didn't hear anybody in the last week complain about those two teams. So Bills fans, pipe down. Don't use it as an excuse. Like, come on. You absolutely just waxed a very good Miami team. There is zero reason. I don't even care that Jacksonville's been there for a week. <laughs> there, To me, now, unless the Bills have a, a letdown after playing so well, like Miami maybe had a little bit. I don't know, but it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars are just like this juggernaut. I will say, though, the fact that Calvin really got a touchdown last week, I wonder how maybe that just relaxes things and him and Trevor Lawrence start to get on a little bit of a heater, maybe. Uh, we'll see. You know, Jacksonville, like they have potential, right? Like they've got Kirk and they've got Ridley Etienne. and they got Etienne. Like they seemingly on paper have some pieces, but it hasn't, they haven't really been able to put it together yet. Like Trevor Lawrence hasn't had like a dominant, oh my goodness, type of game yet this year. No, really. He had one good game so far this year. And that was, I believe, the opener. Yeah, the offense is really nice, you know. Zay Jones is potentially your third receiver option. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, who really did nothing for the Giants, but kind of had it unlocked when he went to Jacksonville. He's been good. And then Travis Etienne, uh, a running back receiver. You can pretty much line him anywhere on the offense, and he's a threat. You'd think they'd have more success, but who knows? Maybe as they get comfortable in London, they'll figure it out. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting one. When, when I look at, like, like, I know Jacksonville, like, London's almost like their second home. They play there all the time. They're obviously their owner loves it. They must be making some good money off it because they keep going there. But I, I wonder at some point when Jacksonville says, okay, enough's enough. We don't always have to be playing over there. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I get why they're they're one of the closest teams to there. They're on the East Coast. The the fan base in Jacksonville. I mean, it's it's not one of the more solid. They're not selling it out all the time, so I get why the NFL looks to do it. But it is interesting. I I wonder if there was a complaint, and that's why they're staying there for two games this time, and just try to acclimate themselves a little bit, get used to you know let the time zones kind of set in with them. It is interesting though. I'd be a little upset if I was a Jags fan. Losing out on one of your or two of your home games potentially. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They yeah. obviously are making money. Well, they don't sell out there. <laughs> hey guys, it's always awesome when the top guys that you name on the injury list are all on my fantasy team. <laughs> Sorry, Dino. I, I get it. It's frustrating, man. Right, e- Eckler and Cup. That was my team. I had a lot of high hopes in those two, and they just they crushed yeah. me. Well, Eckler <laughs> should be back because there's a bye week. He should week. be back now. Yeah. And Cup should be back yeah. as well. But so as long as your weeks. team can stay in the hunt, and now Eckler, you know what? Maybe got his injury out of the way. They heal up. It takes a little extra time. Now maybe he goes off down the stretch, and you're happy about it. Yeah, for sure. I it's have him very in my league, so that's what I'm hoping. So, well, <laughs> Same uh, with Cup, right? Yeah. He's ready to go. Hey, guys, one guy in our league started both fields and more. Pretty much one. Yeah, I would think so. It's got almost, if you're in a full PPR league, you almost got 100 points from those two guys. Ridiculous. Good for that. It's always risky. A little. Sometimes it works out great if you have the quarterback-receiver tandem and they go off and have a big game. Right? I like that, but how often does it happen? Especially when, no offense, like it's not like Fields is a, a pass-crazy quarterback. Right Now, the last two weeks he has been, and maybe maybe finally they're unlocking him a little bit and he's understanding how to read defenses better, but it is great if you have both and they go off. It almost guarantees you a win. Especially at that level, like what Fields did last night, and I think he would had like forty five in a full PPR league. If if you're going full PPR for uh, rushing yards and passing yards, six for touchdowns, and more was just ridiculous. He's at like he's over fifty points, and he probably should have had another touchdown. Yeah, that play on the sideline, it did not look like he was out, and we did not get a replay. So I'm wondering if that was. Uh, Amazon or, you know, whoever the, the broadcast partner was kind of doing the NFL a favor and not making a bigger deal out of that one. Kurt from Barhead asked Cons uh, to replace Saint uh, to, for Brown's injury in Detroit. Uh, would he go with uh, Kirk, Judy, or Rasheed Rice? <sighs> Kirk, Judy, Rasheed Rice. Uh, I, I kind of like, uh, kind of like Jerry Judy to break out. At some point here, hmm. Kirk, you know, there's there's a lot of options there. Rice could be, but uh, no, I, I think I'd probably go with Jerry Judy in that one. All right. But I'm a Jerry Judy apologist, so take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, remove the emotion. <laughs> remove the emotion. Let's get to Connor Halley in a Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specialized in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 